Hey guys, welcome to another episode of East Coast Rams Podcast. I am your uh, host, Ashton Spencer, with uh, awesome fill-in guest host, Ramzilla. Uh, how you doing, Zilla? Uh, I know it's been a few weeks since you've been on the podcast. Uh, you're filling in for Zach. He's on vacation, having a lot of fun. Uh, definitely more fun than we had on Sunday. Uh, how you doing? You know... <sighs> I haven't scheduled therapy yet, um, but I will tell you this. It seems like after losses, when I go to sleep, I invariably will wake up and I will literally think, is this a dream? Is this a bad dream? And unfortunately, the past two weeks, I've woke up and you know what? Reality bites. So that's how I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if this is a bad dream, then losing to Carolina would be a nightmare. <laughs> oh, geez, that team is a dumpster fire, too. Um, but uh, let's kind of get into our general reactions. Guys, this is going to be a more short-format podcast. Uh, since Zach isn't in, um, we're, we're trying to keep it a little bit low-profile. It was a tough game anyways. So let's uh, get into it. The Cowboys... I would say they are a solid team. Their offense isn't the best, especially with the backup QB in. Uh, solid wide receiving core, solid running back, uh, and a really good offensive line. And their defense, I would say, is top 10. I don't think they're top 5, but they're a very good defense. Uh, how do you think... I know the Rams lost, but how do you think the Rams overall did against this solid Cowboys team? Yeah, I mean, you can look at it in many ways. Um, you 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 take away a few things, and and frankly, we win the game. Um, the defense played well enough. Um, the offense did some things that were positive with respect to moving the ball, um, at least um, midfield. Um, but frankly, I mean, I'm just going to be honest, man. I mean, there there definitely were some positives that I'd love to chat about, but. This was a recipe for a turd sandwich, and um, without a doubt, I mean, I think it caused, you know, Rampage to to question um, what it's doing. But um, you know, you look, you you add a slice of being zero and two in the red zone, you spread negative three in turnovers, you add a slice of allowing another defensive touchdown, and then to top it all off you allow a blocked punt. I mean, though that is not a recipe for, um, you know, a Michelin rated, um, you know, meal, um, without a doubt, uh, that is a recipe for a turd sandwich. Yeah. I mean, I get some people saying that we were unlucky on certain parts of the game. I will definitely agree with that. Like, you can't do fumbles or complete luck where they go. Uh, getting a fumble is a very good play by a defensive player. Recovering it is complete luck, depending on where it bounces, who's around it. Uh, it's just pure chance. Cowboys had two fumbles that they got back, and the Rams did not. And that just happens. Um, but for the mo- most part, and we'll – go into a little bit later, it was the offense that caused us to lose this game. It wasn't the defense. So let's talk about good things, uh, Zilla. Yeah. This this defense. I mean, 
they held the Cowboys to under 20 points. And I've said this in previous podcasts. That's the line that I look at, that your offense should be able to score 20 points on a week-to-week basis. And if your defense can hold below 20 points, you have a good defense. Yeah, I mean, they definitely did the right things. Um, You know, obviously seven points came from the defensive score. Um, Really uh, nine points. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And in addition to that, um, we still have a back half that is has some injuries. You know, um, we're still missing Troy Hill. We're missing others. You know, you had Fuller out. You had Rap not playing. I mean, you had Burgess filling in, who actually did quite well. Um, you know, he was one of my positives. You know, he he actually got some playing time. He led the team with eight tackles, which is indicative that, um, you know, the the line was getting off their blocks and getting, in, getting to the second level, meaning they definitely were um, hitting Bob, um, Bobby Wagner and then you are totally relying on Scott and Burgess to save the day. And on that long run, you saw Burgess had to go all the way around Wagner, who was getting blocked out of the play. And uh, unfortunately he, he just wasn't able to bring down Pollard. So um, yeah, he was definitely one of my positives. I mean, you look at um, another prediction that I made earlier this, this season. In fact, prior to the season, I said, Ramsey gets his, he finally gets his first sack. And he did. He finally got his first sack, his first career sack against Cooper Rush. Um, he came off the edge. And, uh, you know, Cooper's actually a, a bigger bigger body, and he has some pretty good uh, technique. He kept both hands on the ball, um, or else I think that is, uh, has, has potential for a fumble as well. Yeah, I just think uh, Ramsey didn't really go for the strip there. He was just focused on getting the sack because he, he's gone close a few times. I just don't like rushing Jalen Ramsey. I think that's a waste of his talents. Um, I understand the concept, and um, you know I'm not getting paid millions of dollars like Morris. So who who is like who am I to question him? But that's just a personal pet peeve of mine. Uh, when he rushes, I'm happy he got the sack this time, but there are many plays where they've done screens off of that whenever he rushes, and it's just like it hasn't panned out. And I'd rather have him on the back end stopping a pass than rushing the passer personally. Yeah, I mean, I think it's um, 100% um, a philosophy and a philosophy that Ramsey is an athlete and not just a uh, yeah, defensive back, so to speak. And so trying to use him in ways to disrupt, you know, the offense, um, I think, you know, Morris is definitely going to do that all day, every day. Yeah. Uh, it, what's your take on these, uh, cornerbacks? There, there are a good amount of injuries. Uh, how do you think these cornerbacks did going you know, into they're playing the game that they're being asked to play. So we're playing off coverage. We're keeping everything in front of us. Um, and so you are seeing a lot of underneath stuff and you're seeing these, you know, uh, younger defensive backs having to come up 
and make some key tackles. And for the most part, it has worked. I mean, we definitely have been able to keep things in front of us. We haven't given up a lot of the big, big, big plays, um, at least down the field. Um, a lot of our issues have simply been missed tackles and the basics um, and the fundamentals. Um, I think it's a great opportunity for these young defensive backs to gain experience, and you're seeing that. Um, so in that regard, I think it is a positive. But, um, you know, will we benefit from getting some of these guys back? Absolutely. Um, I, I thought they did fantastic for going against C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup and holding both to around 50 yards and only uh, 10 receptions total for the whole game. That's fantastic. I mean, uh, you ended up having Darion Kendrick going, what, again, around 95% snaps. Um, I think that's a testament to how hard he has worked and been able to carve out. I think he's carving out a starting role. He did really good. I know some people were, like, complaining that he wasn't able to stop Michael Gallup on that great catch. That's just Michael Gallup making a great catch. He had good coverage. Um, of course, he's going to learn. He's going to do different technique elements. Some people said, like someone on Twitter was complaining that uh, Darian Kendrick didn't, should have turned around his head. And it's like sooner. And it's like, that's Michael Gallup. He'll go straight past you if you don't play the trail technique perfectly on him. Like, you you got to be able to have close coverage. And nine times out of ten, if you're close enough, you'll be able to kind of, like, either confuse the wide receiver when he's trying to catch it or uh, bat that ball away. Uh, Michael Gallup made an amazing toe-tap catch. Like, um, Darian Kendrick didn't have a great game, but he had a good game. And overall uh, – for a rookie, he's doing fantastic. We have seen rookies come on this team, start, and not do well at all. Uh, so I think this DB's uh, room was definitely a highlight. Oh, not to mention Grant Haley, a practice squad guy. A practice squad guy came on, and he was balling out too. He had a great game. Uh, Yeah, it's just like this defense – wasn't fantastic. Did he get turnovers? Not this game. They, they got close a few times. Uh, but really, your defense shouldn't have to score for you to win. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, obviously, Aaron Donald, again, was his Hall of Fame self. You know, two sacks, one is a strip sack and a TFL. He definitely was wrecking things and making things incredibly difficult for Cooper Rush and even even for that run game um, on occasion. Um, so he, he absolutely was a highlight um, on that defense. And uh, he always shows up. He always does his job. Um, would love to see some additional support uh, from the edge and, um, you know, from – from the from the D line as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, our edge rushing is it's a clear weakness of the defense, uh, but the defense is doing good enough. Uh, we've held two opponents straight t- 
to less than 20 points scored on offense. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. Uh, you should be able to win football games with those uh, sort of stats. Uh, it did kind of annoy me because the Cowboys should have honestly ended the game like four or five minutes sooner whenever they were driving. And I believe it was, what, like third and 16, and we had like – or no, third and 13, and we had like a 14-yard zone, 15-yard zone. It like that drove me crazy crazy because they almost got the first down yeah that's they ended up kicking the field goal yeah brutal absolutely painful like they should have got that first down um it's kind of nuts they the cowboys didn't go for it uh in that type of situation uh but either way uh they still won and um the defense did good enough to win this game honestly uh, Dilla, you you want to kind of start digging into uh, the not so fun stuff, yeah. uh, all the bad things, because that's my offense, man. Well, let me, let me finish some some positives, um, some other positives. Okay. Yeah, sure. How about the fake punt? You have Riley Dixon to Jake Gervas. That was not an easy conversion. That I did not like us doing that. That was absolutely. A uh, a wish and a prayer. Um, it happened, and um, I thought it was well executed. Um, and Jake definitely showed some skill sneaking out of uh, the backfield um, as a protector to uh, to catch that that pass. So that to me was a positive. Obviously, you have Cooper Cut with with seven catches, 125 yards, another trip to the promised land. He's always delivering and you saw Tutu Atwell he makes his first NFL catch and it goes for 54 yards he gets behind the coverage and he tracks it down perfectly that was yeah he absolutely brings that in secures it uh, for 54 yards so definitely kudos there and then I want to share another positive where most may disagree with me, but I'm going to bring up uh, as a positive Matthew Stafford. And why? Because the guy has been sacked 21 times so far in five games. Last season, he was sacked a total of 30 times the entire 17-game season. I mean, we're talking this guy, you know, Sean McVay said Stafford needs help. Yeah, he absolutely needs help. Um, you know, I, I'm sure his wife Kelly's getting phone calls about life insurance, and uh, you know, the poor guy is going to be drinking his steak through a straw if he doesn't get additional support. I mean, this guy went five rounds with uh, with Nate Diaz, and you know, Nate's pounding on him, and then when he gets tired, he's like, "Peep boop poop poop." Hey, Nick, can you come over here and finish the job? And his brother Nick Diaz comes over and, and and wells on poor Matthew some more. And so this guy's an absolute Iron Man. He is running for his life. And all I can say is I'm so proud, so happy to have him on the team, despite some of the challenges he faces. And um, I'll tell you this much. If we don't want to see John Wolford, we definitely better do something. Um. 
Yeah, yeah, man. Um, I'll agree with you. Uh, I'll start with Stafford. Uh, he had a good game. I mean, there's only so much you can do with that offensive line and the way it's playing. Uh, my only criticism of him isn't the throws, uh, isn't his um, ability to move the ball. It's just decision-making in his reads. He's tended to be very focused on Cup. Don't get me wrong. Cup isn't a bad person to focus on. I don't know if it's because the other wide receivers aren't getting open, and I did notice uh, they weren't getting open as much this game. Uh, Allen Robinson was getting open in the first three weeks. He was not this week, so I kind of understand not throwing to him as much. Um, But, man, we have to spread the ball out. We're not going to be successful being as uh, hyper-focused as we have been on Cup. Um. But overall, he made some really good throws, really good footwork in the pocket to not get sacked even more. Um, so it's kind of unfortunate the O line is the way it is. Uh, yeah, and that and that actually dovetails nicely into into the bad. And um, look, this is this is the truth. So just just think about this. We have had to replace the following. We lost Witt. That's one. We lost Austin Corbett. That's two. We lost Bruss. That's three. We lost Allen. That's four. We lost Ankrum. That's five. We lost Shelton. That's six. We've lost Edwards. That's seven. Seven offensive linemen that we have lost. You are not going to be successful when you are down to your seventh offensive lineman who has hung around on your roster and you're trying to shuffle these guys around and create continuity against the probably two of the better defensive lines the past two weeks. So it's absolutely brutal. And it, of course, everything starts and stops um, with the with the trenches. And if we can't get some continuity there, we can't get some consistency, unfortunately, this is going to be the tale for the remainder of the season. Yeah, I mean, kind of to your point, uh, it is good to note, like a big part of playing offensive line, and you would know this, is chemistry with the person to your left and to your right. And um, being on the same footing with communication, with the play, uh, and we have a lot of guys who aren't only not first string, they're also not playing in the position they've been practicing all season. Uh, they've been moved around because of injuries and second string guys going down, and yeah. now we're on third string not playing in the right position. Yeah. And uh, you know, nightmare. Yeah, and, and it's it's brutal. You know, you mentioned communication. You mentioned chemistry. You know, you have Edwards coming back, um, you know, from missing a week um, and bless his heart. You know, he's doing the best he can. But on the strip sack fumble for a TD, the entire line definitely got the call to take their jab step right. And unfortunately, Edwards takes, I don't know why, but he doesn't get the call. He takes a jab step left. 
which 100 percent um you know creates that vulnerability and which which caused the the strip sack um so communication is key and um you know unfortunately sometimes not everybody's on the same page even even those that have been around for a while yeah you you mix that in with people who are clearly not first string going against some of the nfl's best uh, you're going to have kind of a mess of a O-line. Um, but it's, you know, uh, let's be honest, Zilla, uh, a lot of those coaches get paid a lot of money to deal with these problems, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we got to get it fixed. And um, I believe we have the right people to do that. Um, unfortunately, I don't think there was a contingency plan to be on your seventh offensive lineman. And, um, yeah, but that's a problem. I think that's a lack of foresight when it comes to the drafting and don't get me wrong. I thought this team has done a great job developing O-linemen, um, especially with the second stringers. Um, Joe Noteboom has been excellent, especially for where we got him. Um, but overall, like you, you got to look at the total depth, and it hasn't been there for the O line past the second string, and they went kind of light on the O line anyways with the roster. Uh, so it, it's one of those things where you're hoping, uh, you're basically gambling. If we have an injury, we'll have we have a second stringer that can come in kind of fill in anywhere. But once it goes past the third injury. And you don't have that initial depth, uh, you're you're kind of riding thin, and that's what we're doing now. And that depth is not quality uh, because we haven't de- we haven't drafted for two or three years from now, and that's hurting right now when it comes to O line depth. Uh, sure, yeah, um, you know, and that dovetails into another one of my bads. Um, now there are. 32 teams in the NFL. Is that correct? Yeah. Right, Ashton? 32 teams. Well, guess what? We are number 32 in rushing in the NFL. Number 32. Now, I don't have to do a ton of math, but, you know, you can figure out the square root of last place and last. Um, 32 out of 32 in rushing. Now, again, you can point that to... Um, you know, the struggles on offensive line, you can, you can also blame play calling, um, you know, to be in the red zone again and again and again, and pass the ball every single time and not at least run it once and, and keep that defense. Well, not give it to Henderson. Like Henderson was clearly on it in the second quarter when he did get the ball. And it's like, it boggles my mind that after like, I would say the first quarter Cam Akers was all right. And then it's just like, clearly he wasn't doing anything for the rest of the game. And you don't give Henderson like the hot hand. And I think that's how you have to treat these two backs is the one that's on it that day. You just ride well, let's let's talk about that even more because um, I hundred percent agree with respect to quote the bad, and it is Cam Akers. Um, look, great story, unbelievable person, absolutely love the guy. Pulling for him, did some good things in college. Obviously, had a couple of outstanding games in twenty twenty, 
But are we basing everything off of just a couple of good games, you know, two or three years ago? I mean, I don't understand when somebody has a 3.0 yards per carry average and your other back against the same struggles of the offensive line is averaging 4.1 yards per carry in Hendo and you're not giving him the ball. Hendo carried the ball one time yesterday and it was called back for holding. He didn't get a single carry. Now he caught the ball and did a phenomenal job of making some pretty tough catches. But Hendo leads all running backs with the longest run of 18 yards. Now that's nothing to write home about, but 18 yards. And Akers' struggles are are well documented. He has fumbled the ball at a much greater rate than most backs in the league. He has only carried the ball probably less than 200 times in his career. That's including the playoffs. And he has four fumbles. There's lack of vision. There's lack of cutback. There's running into your own players. Um, There's just some struggles there. And I'm not exactly sure what it is, but this isn't, this isn't peewee. This isn't, you don't have to start this kid because you feel bad for him. You play the guy that's going to get you 4.1 yards per carry. I'll tell you this much. I would much rather have second and eight than second and 12. And that's what we keep seeing when we just keep giving the ball to the back that is just not producing. And so obviously it's a rant, but when apples and apples are compared, you have one who is performing at a little bit better you know, level. And so you, everybody is arguing that, oh, under, you know, with that offensive line, not even, you know, Steven Jackson, you know, would do well. It's probably. No, Steven Jackson played with worse lines. <laughs> probably, you know, look, you can make that argument, but the evidence is, and the facts are, and I don't care about your feels, but the evidence is that Hendo averages 4.1 yards per carry. And there's many, many other statistics to support the fact that he is better. He's better at contact and better before contact, um, meaning he's hitting the holes faster. He's seeing things better than his counterpart. Again, nothing against Cam. Absolutely love the guy. But when we're struggling this bad and you have an offensive line that's struggling this bad, I say give it to the guy that's going to lean forward and at least get you a couple yards instead of losing, you know, a couple. Mm. Yeah, I I think it's getting to a point where we need trade for linemen and we need trade for a running back, someone to give a spark to this offense to make it where uh, people have to start not being able to spread out like and concentrate on the wide receivers. Yeah, because we're struggling to run against four-man fronts. It's not even like they're stacking the box uh, like they were doing in 2020 and just completely flooding our uh, running lanes. No, it's like we're we're struggling to run against a run defense that was bottom. uh, I think they were 28th in the league. Yeah, 
like that's inexcusable that's not good yeah uh and i think some of that is on the running backs or cam makers in this situation yeah i think clearly the injury like i <clears throat> i feel for him i want him to be successful he doesn't have the power right now you know he you can tell he hasn't gotten that power back i don't know if that's mental cuz he doesn't want to take the hits I don't know if that's physical because he can't take the hits. I don't know. Um, I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to speculate. I'm just saying um, whatever it is, power is not there, and it's an issue. And it's affecting the team overall. I think the play calling also has been not the greatest. Uh, I got in a argument, as one does in on Twitter sometimes, uh, uh, saying that I didn't like that we're doing as many five wide and like uh, five step dropbacks. Uh, I said I didn't like the fact that we did the deep bomb. I couldn't stand trying to do deep bomb that game. It got us sacked so many times uh, trying to do uh, mid to long range throws. Yeah, congrats. We got one deep ball to 2 2 off. How many times did we get sacked because of that? The sack fumble happened because Stafford was trying to sit in there and throw a long time. Like, you need to adjust your offense and your offensive play calling and tactics for the way your team is operating in that moment. You can't just be like, well, our plan was to throw mid to long range the entire game, and we're going to do that. It doesn't matter how many linemen get hurt. It doesn't matter how we're performing in that game. We're going to do that because that's a reason why we couldn't move the ball because it's just constantly getting pressure and our line couldn't hold up. Uh, you're constantly putting them on the uh, back foot uh, doing these passing formations. Yeah, I mean, the play calling wouldn't be excused by any means. And McVay, I believe, has, has you know been one of the first to say he can be better. Um, now, I truly hope that's the case. But again, being in the red zone and not even attempting a single run, um, that's a head scratcher. And you can argue that, well, we were down. Well, you're still within eight points at, at certain points, and we still weren't running the ball or, or, or attempting it. Now, again, that goes back to, do you have the right personnel in the game? You know, if you do have somebody that's just not, doesn't have the vision to hit the holes uh, that are there, and I'm not saying that they're they're, you know, you can't run a, a you know, a freight train through them, but man, you got to get skinny and be able to get, you know get through the hole there. And um, but but again, if you don't have the opportunity to do that by even calling it, um, you know, then you risk again being behind the chains, and you know having the third and longs over and over and over again. When you're well, not, I mean, first it, at least from my perspective, we need to do more creativity with the players we have. Like, why haven't we seen a, a jet sweep by Tutu? It it makes perfect sense for a player of his caliber. Uh, why haven't we had more screens to uh, like Skorenic? Uh Why hasn't Allen Robinson caught a screen? I know he caught one yesterday. Like. But why haven't we tried to do that more up to this point? Um, it just kills me because I've seen uh, the entire game plan is spam cup, uh, throw uh, a few screens, 
to Higby and throw to Higby. Yeah. That's you know, our offense. You know, the only, the only, uh, you know, caveat to that is, um, you know, Stafford has the ability to can, can, or cancel out of plays, which you hear him do constantly. So maybe some of that stuff is called and the defense, um, you know, positions themselves in a way that it's just not going to work. And so Stafford does audible out of it. So, you know, even though I'm being critical of, of not running, you know, maybe, maybe there was nine men in the box, you know, um, maybe there was something that didn't look right. And uh, you have a gunslinger who, you know, is, is, has taken the snap and he wants, he wants it on his shoulders. So anyway, definitely a lot of bad. I mean, my last bad is just simply guys, negative five in turnover differential. You're not going to win many games when you're in the bottom third of the league in turnover differential. And, you know, again, it doesn't take, um, you know, a scientist to figure out the teams that are at least negative one or more in turnover differential, you know, what their, their record looks like. So, uh, you know, the interception yesterday, look, Stafford's just trying to make a play. You could argue he was trying to high point it to, to Allen, um, Allen Robinson. Um, obviously, it was definitely too high um, for even Allen um, to go up and get. But, um, you know, I think he was just trying to make something happen. Um, obviously, the two fumbles were, was brutal, and you could put that on the O-line as well. Uh, yeah, Zilla, uh, a lot of good points. Uh, it's just going to be one of those things that you can't have those types of turnovers when uh, your defense or your offense is just struggling uh, to even move the ball, uh, get the halfway. So it's going to be something that hopefully they can work on uh, real quickly. Let's go ahead and try to hit on next week's game against Carolina, yes. uh, Carolina. Yes, indeed. Let's do that. Uh, Carolina just fired their coach. Uh, so we will be facing an interim coach. Oh, please, please. Can we beat a team this bad? Um, and we'll see. Uh, I think personally, uh, eventually, uh, their star running back McCaffrey is going to be on the market. I hope that's someone that Rams look at as someone they can get. I feel like the Rams are missing kind of like someone else on offense who can make splash plays like Cup. Uh, Cup can't be the only one, and if we can um, make defenses focus on more than one person, uh, it makes both of them more lethal, and I think McCaffrey could do that for us. Um yeah, but, I mean, uh, uh, what's your initial uh, thoughts on this sure, matchup? Sure. So, I mean, even Vegas has us favorites by eleven, um, and you know the over under is forty one. Um, look, yeah, as you mentioned, fired Matt Rule and the defensive coordinator Phil Snow. We got the interim coach Steve Wilkes, um, who's a solid, solid, uh, you know, interim coach. Um, you know, the team definitely. I know is fired up and ready to, to do battle and, and work for, for coach Wilkes. Um, Mayfield is out as well. So we get PJ Walker, um, XFL star and the pride of Elizabeth, New Jersey. 
So, um, you know, the guy's solid. I think they'll obviously put it in Christian McCaffrey's hands uh, to, to be able to run the ball. They still have some decent, decent talent. You know, they've got Robbie Anderson um, as wide receiver. Um, our our secondary has been playing very well. So no, no crazy concerns there. Their defense, you know, Brian Burns, their defensive end, he has four sacks on the season. And they have Shaq Thompson, who leads the team in, in tackles. He's been great. Now, the key is, um, can we run the ball against them? If you look at what San Francisco did against them this past week, you know, they had over 150 yards rushing with Jeff Wilson, you know, getting over 120 of those yards. Um, we, we, we got 38 yards rushing last week. Now, can we do something and, you know, get the, the run game going? You know, a lot of times people say this is a get right game. Well, it's a get right game if you fix some things and if we can improve some things. But if we keep doing what we've been doing, um, even if we win, I would say um, maybe we didn't learn much um, from some of some of our previous losses. Um, this would put us at three and three, which is in a, you know a great spot um, going into the bye. But look, we're going up against a team that's thirty second in offense. They're nineteenth in in defense. They also have a negative in the turnover differential with a negative two. Um, I would definitely say this is our opportunity to uh, make things right and um, gain some confidence, um, allow even a beat up offensive line to, to gel. Now, my concern, and I had this concern two weeks ago, and it is a massive concern. We have Bobby Evans back at left guard. Edwards, <laughs> Edwards is out again. Bobby Evans gave up eight pressures um, against the Niners, and I don't have a lot of confidence in that ability. And I, you know, trust me, Carolina knows that as well. So, are they going to attack him? Absolutely. Um, but even with him, I would definitely say we we're in a good position to to get things right and uh, put a W in the in that column. I hope, man. Um, I just have a feeling this game will be miserable also. Um, but I, I think we win this one. Um, uh, probably 21-20. to 20. I think it'll be a close game, and we win it uh, barely. Uh, and we go into the bye week looking at a solid 49ers team and a completely decimated offensive line. Um, this team's going to have to do something, uh, Zilla. I don't know what it's going to be, but we're going to have to make moves if we want to be competitive. Yeah, I mean, McVay made it very clear that, um, and, and actually used some of the words that you normally don't hear a coach say, but talking about the fact that we got to get, you know, Safford some help and even utilized the words of, even if it, requires us to go outside and get some people and get some other bodies. Um, without a doubt, McVeigh is so competitive. He hates losing with a passion. I know it absolutely ripped his heart out two weeks ago to lose to, to the Niners and Shanahan again. 
and it absolutely killed them to lose on national television. Um, the game of the week again and be embarrassed um, against the Cowboys that are solid. But look, let's face it. I believe we were in that game and uh, we had 14 first downs. They had 10. We had over close to 100 yards more in offense than than the Cowboys. Um, anyway, um, that's obviously in the past. But um, I think what I'm saying is if anybody can fix this, I do believe that McVeigh and Sneed, you know, that two-headed monster can at least make things respectable. Now, I guess I would have a question for you, Ashen. Do you mm-hmm. have a new prediction for the season? Your win-loss prediction. Has it uh, changed? Well? Yes. Yes. Uh it's hard to really know how the team's going to like adjust before the trade deadline um just because uh necessarily the trade deadline can be uh a little tricky it, i don't know what direction really uh less need will go with it but overall uh i definitely think uh, I think now we're looking around mm, probably 11 wins, 10 wins, depending on what we do at the trade line, uh, who we acquire, and how all that goes. Yeah, I mean, I can see, um, and it hasn't changed dramatically for me. I mean, I knew this season would be a struggle, even with a good offensive line, um, with the challenging um, schedule that we have. I mean, flat out, they said yesterday it was one of the toughest. It is the toughest. I mean, it's the toughest mm-hmm. schedule. Um, you know, I could see us being nine and eight. I really do. Um, it's it's a gauntlet, you know, that we're going to have to go up against. And, um, you know, teams are, te- teams, uh, you know, they they have film and they can, they can obviously, uh look at that film and do some of the same things that other teams are doing against us to be successful. Yeah. It, again, it's how much risk a Snead wants to go and put out there uh, in order to win. I think we need offensive players or key players to start becoming competitive. Uh, it depends how much he wants to put out there. Honestly, I don't think we draft well in the first or second round anyways. So I don't see issue with necessarily uh, going out there and using first and second round picks to get premier players. And uh, we'll see if he does. But anyways, uh, thank you so much, Zilla, for coming on. It was definitely a pleasure, uh, even if the game was not as much. Uh, uh, You got any last words before we head off? You know, I just really appreciate you uh, giving me this opportunity. Um, I am a lifer. Nothing will ever get me down. Um, This is absolutely just a speed bump, guys. If you have been a fan for a while, um, you've been through some dark days. Um, This is is just, again, a blip uh, on the radar. We are Super Bowl champions. We have a ring. And we have suffered through a lot through many years to gain, to win two, Lombardi's at least in my lifetime and uh, hoping for more 
and it may be a be a struggle, but we have Sean McVay, who in his short period with the team leads all coaches, all Rams coaches in playoff wins and um, has changed this, the, this culture, has turned things around. I mean, you just rewind the clock to 2016 and, uh, you know, we were just hoping for a decent draft pick and uh, maybe uh, maybe an eight and eight season <laughs> back then, obviously 16 games. So anyway, thank you again. And um, obviously love our team and uh, love what we're trying to do. Um, I know we'll pull through. Uh, no, all those are good things. And I definitely agree. Uh, definitely could be a lot worse. Uh, some teams are just wishing for a chance to play in a Super Bowl, and we have done so multiple times under McVay, which is definitely a blessing. Uh, you guys can find uh, Ramzilla at Ellister on Twitter. You can find me at uh, RamfanAshton1. Uh, and definitely follow uh, the podcast at East Coast Rams on Twitter. Uh, we'll uh, put up there whenever we post and stuff. Uh, big thanks to everyone who listens to the pod and interacts with us. It has been definitely great the last few weeks. Uh, love all the feedback and love all the uh, conversation that we can get going with you guys. Uh, and uh, please take a couple minutes to like, review, and share this podcast whenever you get a chance. Uh, horns up, and let's definitely uh, rebound next week. See you guys later.